welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome to Great Shot Kid, the podcast on the Nerd Party that looks at all of the interesting aspects of filmmaking that sometimes you might overlook. I'm John. I'm Mike. And uh, this week we're going to be discussing Star Wars Rebels, the cartoon series from Disney XD that just wrapped up. Uh, before we get into that, of course, thenerdparty.com slash contact if you want to reach us. Go to thenerdparty.com and check out all the other shows that we have. Everything for people who love Doctor Who, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, just nerd culture, and uh, terrific interviews with different artists and filmmakers uh, all across the world, really. And you can also reach out to us through Facebook.com slash The Nerd Party. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Twitter.com. Oh, of course, why am I saying Twitter.com? The handle is Join Nerd Party, duh. And you can uh, use the hashtag GreatShotKid. And, of course, on Instagram, The Nerd Party. So, all of that uh, formality out of the way, Mike. Uh, here we are at the end of a, a cartoon series that actually got a finale, a proper yeah. finale, which I think is a pretty rare sort of thing to encounter. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Rebels. Now that the series is done, not just your thought of the finale, what is your opinion of the series overall now that it's completed? I really, really liked it. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, I was excited about Clone Wars when it came out. I think just because, you know, it's, it's a new Star Wars, you know, cartoon thing, you know, all that stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's it's, it's, it's super cool. But I think in a lot of ways, as much as I liked Clone Wars, you know, I mean, I, I did suffer some fatigue during that show. You know, I, I stopped watching maybe in season four. And then, you know, when it came on to Netflix with the new episodes, I you know, barreled through all of, I, I started again from the beginning. I'm like, let's watch this in the right aspect ratio now. <laughs> and in the uh, proper chronological order, that's how I know. And, you know, I'm like, this, this is really good, you know? And then, you know, then it ends a few more times and I'm like, this is still really good. You know, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, when the rebels was sort of like announced and everything like that, I'm like, this sounds like it's going to be up my alley. You know, it's mm -hmm. in the, the OT time, whatever yeah. kind of thing. And I mean, they pushed hard, especially early on. Like we are making this look like a new hope, like with camera movements and with design elements and everything like that. And all that really appealed to me. And I also liked how, See, Clone Wars, I feel like it, here's the thing, like, I, I feel like the initial intention with Clone Wars was, let's make this super expansive and have it be very much sort of like an anthology, and one week we're going to be, you know, looking at Anakin and, and Obi-Wan, and then the next week it's going to be Plo Koon and Ponda Baba or whoever, you know. I forget who Ponda Baba is. Ponda Baba matter. is the invented He's the name. walrus man, right? Yeah, walrus man. He's always going to okay. be walrus man. He will always, always be walrus man. Yes. You could do an episode of Clone Wars about walrus man. Why not? You know? Anyway. See, the, we'll come. 
I don't want this to derail into another one of our Clone Wars arguments because the no, thing is, your your complaints I, about Clone Wars are so off base, and we'll never. This is our John. Car, this is a John Carpenter moment for us. Okay, so let's just stay I'm, focused on Rebels here. I'm I'm going somewhere with this. Okay, okay like okay. It, it felt like it was going to be this expansive, crazy thing where you could like watch one episode and not need to see the rest, of, and then it became, in a lot of ways, much more focused. You know, with the whole Anakin, I mean, Anakin and Obi-Wan were like the central whatever, right? Along with Ahsoka. And I was like, well, that was, I mean, it, it almost felt like it was caught between two worlds and, you know, everything. Whereas with, it felt, I mean, honestly, in terms of like the storytelling, like the prequels being expansive, like galaxy spanning, whatever. Whereas like A New Hope is like, a farm boy who gets caught up with this dude and they go to save a princess. And it's like the four of them on the fringes of this massive galaxy instead of there being, you know, Senate and everything like that. And, and rebels is very much like in that new hope vein where it's like, these are some people on a ship on one planet in one system. And we're really just not going to go beyond that scope it's going to be very, very narrow in that in that in that storytelling, and I, I was like, maybe it was a response to the Clone Wars or whatever, but I was like, that's cool, that's refreshing. I like that because it's not unwieldy. It you don't have to track a billion characters and and you know lots and lots of time. It's much more straightforward in its storytelling, and I liked that a lot. And, you know, I liked where they went with it. I think they course corrected here and there, you know, they got rid of the slingshot lightsaber and all that stuff, you know, which was maybe a little bit goofy and it, it found its, it found its feet. And, uh, I think that it's really good. You know, I know that some people complain about the animation style and how, you know, maybe they didn't have as much money as Clone Wars. And honestly, if no one would have said it, I would have never thought it. You know, I can definitely see it, but it never bothered me. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't care about stuff like that. I, I, again, I, I'm resisting every urge to go back and re-prosecute the whole Clone Wars thing because that that series was just absolutely amazing, and I don't like I there there was a time you know another host on the network you know Matt Rushing who also loves Clone Wars as I do. There was one night where I was just. Um, up late and I was just like oh you know what I'm gonna watch a Clone Wars episode and I started like sending him these text messages where I was like this show it's amazing I miss it so bad look at these shots it's so cinematic and so anyway to bring it back to Rebels I had a hard time uh getting into Rebels at first totally cop to it uh first half of the first season I was very lukewarm on it and I was like eh okay like I liked aspects of it. I liked the characters. I liked the um, the very accessible homages to the original Ralph McQuarrie. Like all of that, I love. I love it. I go nuts for it when I see an original Joe Johnston design or an original Ralph McQuarrie painting come to life. I don't care what the medium is. Call me a fanboy if you want to, but I see that and I'm like, oh, that Lothal looks like some of the original Alderaan things. You know, like I I like that. I even like the fact that they went back to uh, the different lightsaber, you know, the, the thinner lightsabers of uh, A New Hope and stuff like that. But I didn't 
quite plug into it until they had a season break. And then they wound up finding the Jedi Temple and uh, communicating with, with Yoda. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, on board. This is stuff. I got this. And then season two started really strong, and then it sort of like got a little muddled and then ended really strong again. And then Thrawn comes back, and I'm like, oh, Thrawn! Uh, and the Bendu, the Bendu took me a little bit to get into, actually. But, I like, I liked season three, and then I just, I think season four does what every fourth season or final season of a show should do, which is take everything and say, okay, here it is, we know we're ending, we're going to make this even better so that when you go back and you rewatch it, you've got this in your head and you know where you're going and it's going to make this even better. And I think season four completely did that. And, um, you know, even though there are plenty of people who disagree with me, I consider it like the last season of Lost where by the finale, I was like, this whole journey has been worth it. Just for this season, the whole journey was worth it. So, yeah, that, that's where I, that's where I ended up with it. And I still think, I mean, there were so many concepts in, okay, I guess Clone Wars inevitably comes into the conversation because I think that these course corrections that we might be referring to here are from moments in this series where it started to more closely resemble the Clone Wars and bring in things from the Clone Wars, like the clones themselves, uh, and having an episode where they specifically have, you know, that they have the separatists who are just waiting to actually surrender, uh, you know, to the Republic. And you have uh, Ahsoka coming back naturally is just, you know, Ahsoka lives. I was one of those fans that was like, what? And then Ahsoka facing down Vader and having a huge thing in a Sith, in a Sith temple with all of these Inquisitors and flying lightsabers and stuff like that. I'm like, that is that like that scream to me. This is a sequel to the Clone Wars. I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, that's where I kind of it kind of lost me because <sighs> I was very happy with it being its own thing. And I really feel like and I can totally understand, you know, the creators who were the same as the creators on Clone Wars were like, we have some unfinished business that we need to take care of. And, you know, whatever. They're tying up loose ends because they have the opportunity to finish off a show which they had worked on for years and years and years and didn't get the finale that they were, you know, leading up towards or whatever, you know. And I, I felt like, well, I mean, it, it's it's very similar in, in a lot of ways, I think, to, you know, the complaint that, that people have about that last episode of Enterprise, right? So um, these are the voyages, isn't that the name of it? Yes. Um, you know, Don't, it's like, mm. yeah, okay, cool. They, they finished up the Ahsoka thing. They finished up the clone thing or whatever. But, like, if you're looking at it from the perspective of Rebels, it's like... Why are we introducing all of these things now? No, no, no. See, okay, th this is where I'll throw a challenge flag on that, is the fact that the storyline still worked, but bringing in Ahsoka made it even better. And having be made it even better, because once you introduce Vader to this, once you introduce that Kanan can kill the Grand Inquisitor, right, and Vader comes into the mix... We know Vader is so powerful. We know Vader is such a badass at this point in time that there's no way they can 
possibly stand up to him. Like if he shows up, he's going to wipe him out. It might not be immediate. You have to introduce someone or something that can be a Vader stopper. And if you have an Ahsoka Tano in your back pocket and you have this character that you can explain quickly to people who weren't fans of the Clone Wars and at the same time please fans of the Clone Wars, why wouldn't you use it? Like, it it would seriously be like Marvel. We all know, for instance, that Adam Warlock's going to come into Infinity War because he's the only guy that can stop Thanos. This is all established. We know that. Sorry if that's a spoiler for anybody, but if you know anything about the comics, you know, they already kind of blew that for you anyway in Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. so Or Volume 2, sorry. But, um, you know, like, why would you not use that character? And bringing the clones back... I think actually adds a lot of really nice history to everything that's going on as the journey of these characters becomes more and more intertwined with the galaxy itself. Like Luke, it starts small. This kid on a backwater planet winds up meeting up with a Jedi, goes off on a space family adventure, and then the universe gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it goes. I, you know. I guess so. I guess the way that I saw it really was them not so much like expanding what was going on with Rebels, but really using Rebels as a vessel to finish off Clone Wars. And that's what kind of bothered me, especially as someone who prefers Rebels to Clone Wars. I was like, let it be its own thing. You know, that's just kind of how I felt with it. But it was its own thing. It just had these characters come back. You know, like, I it's I, I don't know, man. I, like, what I think that, that Rebels should especially be commended for is too many times. I mean, the whole reason Luke isn't brought back in until the last scene in The Force Awakens, and I think Abrams is right, because once Luke comes into the story, it's his movie. And he didn't want that. I get that. What I think Rebels did very well is it brought in these characters, these other elements, and it didn't do that. They still managed to tell their own story, but along the way, they had these characters, and they didn't let Ahsoka take over the whole storyline. She was there, and her storyline got resolved in a way over the course of the series, although not completely, I'm thrilled to say. So her story does go on, but it's only a part of this story. It's like where the, the Venn diagram overlays sort of thing. It's interesting because, I mean, these two things do definitely seem to be two pieces of, of a larger thing, right? I mean, like, like, it seems like there's Clone Wars and there's Rebels, and the two of them are kind of paired in the same way that, you know, Empire and Jedi are paired or whatever, you know? And, I mean, I think it's reasonable to assume, if they haven't even flat out said it, that, you know, that they're hard at work on another Star Wars cartoon right now, right? I mean, they've said that. They've Felonius said, like, this is not the end, you know. Well, all that I did, stuff. did they did they say that? I he he well, said, he said that he said that he's playing things close to the vest with Ahsoka. That because somebody asked him where's her full outfit, and he, it's apparently been designed with Killian Plunkett, and he's like, I'm holding on to some of this right now because we don't know where it's going to go. So I okay. maybe that's a hint, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I just know that the way she looked at the end of the series was phenomenal. Like I just you know, I you know, I, I didn't know that, but I, I 
I mean, like when he was at Celebration or whatever, and he's like, this is the end of Rebels, but it's not the end of Star Wars animation, not by a long shot. And just knowing that it takes them like literally years to produce these things, right? Yeah. Like I've got to think that whatever, you know, I, I mean, it's got to be safe to assume that the first season of whatever show they're working on is at the very least has been written, right? I mean, I would guess. Uh, yes, I, I. It's got to be, right? And yeah. So, so they have, they have, you know, whatever. This is they're obviously playing a long game here and everything. And I mean, who knows what it, it's going to be about? But you know, we can use logic, and it's like Clone Wars, prequel, right? Rebels, original trilogy. It kind of makes sense that the next series is going to, in some way or another, be informed by the Disney era, whether it's going to be in between the two trilogies or whatever. And seeing as how there is a certain amount of continuity in these things, like, I mean, I I don't know. See, like, my first thought was, oh, the next one, the lead character is going to be the kid, Jason, right? But I mean, look at look, I just saw, saw some interview with Filoni where he's like, "I don't really have a plan, but you know, it's something that we could do in the future." I don't know. I'm kind of wondering if maybe he does have a plan. Ah, uh, well, the is thing the... is that that flash forward back thing takes place after Return of the Jedi, so right. it, they would have to set the next series how many years after Return of the Jedi? I think. I mean, I think that that's a safe assumption. I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's sort of about the rise of the first order or whatever it's called, you know, or whatever, yeah. or the new era of Jedi being trained or whatever. You but know? see that that's interesting in and of itself to me, because I had, and, and this is pure supposition. I have no insight from an interview that I read or anything, but like when I went into rebels, I thought it was Disney putting its imprint to sort of co-opt slash, rebrand the original trilogy so that it became a Disney property sort of thing. I don't think that happened here. I think there's very much the sense that it was headed in that direction, but I don't think it wound up being that because I think at the end, Rebels very much still feels like, I guess, what some people would call old school Star Wars at this point. Like, it doesn't feel like sequel era storytelling. Yeah. And, and and I remember when Rebels came out, there was someone online, I don't know who it was or what their thing was, but they were like, you know, Rebels really seems to be an homage to the Fox era of yeah. Star Wars. The and, Fox era, okay, I like that. You know, whatever you want to call it. And, and um, you know, like, it's not about what's going on now. You would think that Disney would want to sort of, you know, in the interest of synergy or whatever, make everything sort of a, in support of the new movies, right? So it, it kind of makes sense for them to do something in the era that they created just because it's easier to exploit everything. But but the thing is, if the, if the sequel trilogy is still going on, I mean, don't they need to leave that alone until the dust settles on that? Because the thing is, Clone Wars has the advantage of the the prequels are settled. So they have very clear lines to color within. With Rebels, same thing. 
you have clear lines to color within. There are certain things that can and cannot happen. Um, well, there aren't certain things that can, but there are certain things that cannot happen. Like you can't kill Darth Vader in Rebels or anything like that, you know, uh, which you know, gives rise to the uh, the Inquisitors, which is which wound up being quite delightful in my opinion. But um, the dust isn't settled. I mean, maybe ha they haven't finished writing Episode Nine yet. Obviously, right? Yeah, they, they said there's a script. But but even even regardless of that, I mean, how many books take place in this era and everything? I mean, there's enough. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to have, you know, like, you know, even, you know, Kylo Ren or anything like that in this new thing. But, you know, enough to sort of like have an established idea of what occurred between episodes six and seven so that they can place this show. Well, I... Era considering see this this is the thing this is where it turns into like that quibbling thing and like you know people you know, I, I'm kind of sick of the online arguments that go back and forth and everything but it, it was plainly stated that they had no real plan or really fleshed out idea of what happened between Jedi and Force Awakens Ryan Johnson said as much where he was like okay so what's the plan and they were like yeah and he was like, okay, cool. I can do whatever I want, right? Yeah, that's cool. So I would be surprised to find out that there was a uh, a definite a, a definite plan supported in my brain by the fact that of all of the tie-in novels that they've thrown out there, they've either stayed really close to the original trilogy timeline or really close to the beginning of The Force Awakens. Like, they've left this wide swath open, and the only book that I know off the top of my head that occurs, uh, like, smack dab in the midst of the timeline is Bloodline. And I know there's Legends of Luke Skywalker, but I haven't read that yet, um, much as it might shock everybody. But, you know, I've been doing a Tolkien reread with my kids, so that takes a while. So, you know, like, I don't know, like I would, my thought would be that if there is something fleshed out to do between the films, wouldn't we have gotten more books set, you know, 11 years after Jedi, 10 years before Force Awakens, you know, like, wouldn't they have been playing around in that sandbox more? Maybe, but there are pockets for sure. And especially if, you know, looking at the track record, you know, the, their tendency is to kind of deal with the characters that they created in a sense, right? Like mm -hmm. Ahsoka and everything. I mean, I guarantee you that Filoni knows where Ahsoka goes next, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt. There, there's, no, there's no question. She so, has to be there, yeah. So he can kind of structure his story around that, you know? Mm, that's true. Well, that's, and the thing is that actually that that speaks to if if my read is right from the the circumstantial evidence that there is a whole lot to play with, then there's no reason not to bring her back and have a series with her and, and Sabine going. Through, then they're the old characters passing off to the new characters, and maybe that's the torch passing to the well. They're called the Rebels again now, but the Resistance. So, yeah. 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 I don't know why they'd rebrand so quickly. Yeah, it's been like 30 years, you know? Maybe they were bought yeah, out but by the, a larger corporation. No, but like the Resistance didn't... The Resistance was a response to the First Order. We know that much. Mm -hmm. So why would you rebrand as the Rebels after you just take your first, you know, butt kicking? 
Wouldn't you hang on to the brand a little bit? Especially if you have like your magic decoder rings and everything. Eh, you know. I'm just saying. You're going to confuse people that want, I'm here to join the resistance. We're the rebellion. Ah, never mind. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was just just saying. Just random thought, random thought. But, all right. So, all right. So, with Rebels, though, with the way that it's wound up, do you see any threads that they did not resolve the way that you would have preferred them to resolve? Or do you think they left anything open that is just like sort of like dangling business? I mean, besides, of course, the fact that, you know, is Ezra dead? Is Thrawn dead? Obviously, they must not be because Sabine says flat out that she and Ahsoka are going off to look for Ezra. But is there anything that you consider unresolved coming out of Rebels? Not really. I thought it was a pretty satisfying conclusion. You know, I think that they wrapped everything up nicely. You know, I mean, not knowing whether or not Ezra is dead or whatever, where he is or whatever, that's, that doesn't really seem like a cliffhanger to me or anything like that. It's just, you know, open-ended, which is, is fine, you know? It's perfectly yeah. reasonable to do. So, yeah, I, I thought the ending was pretty satisfying. Excellent. Yeah, I did too. I thought I, I, uh, I'll cop to it. I got teary at the end. Surprisingly, like I said, it took me a while to get into Rebels, and it had its ups and downs for me here and there. But I was really legit invested in these characters by the end of it all. And when you know when Kanan goes, I was I was moved when they had the the little you know the postscript. You know, I was deeply moved with that as well. And I mean, you know. And I have to give them all the credit in the world for bringing Ian McDiarmid back for one last go as Palpatine. Was hearing his voice is so wonderful. It's so like you know, I know that Sam Witwer can do an incredible Palpatine. I loved the guy they got for the Clone Wars. Tim Curry's performance after that guy died was good, but man. Nothing like hearing his voice. It just makes me smile. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, they did that on a number of occasions where it's like, whoa, you know, like with James Earl Jones, it's the voice of Darth Vader. It's like, what? How? You know? Yeah. So it's cool. Well, you know that um, with uh, Adobe just premiered a new technology where if you get enough of a sample of a person's voice, you can type original text and it sounds, they did it with Jordan Peele at their, uh, their conference. And yeah, because he was talking about like using Adobe products for get out or something like that. And they literally took something he said and recorded and they, you know, flopped the words around. Yeah, okay, fine. Well enough. But then they changed it just the text and it sounded like Jordan Peele saying it. And they said, oh, well, we're going to find ways to watermark things so that people. Yeah, sure you will. Okay, Mm -hmm. we know that this technology is you think deep fakes are terrifying now. Hey, (laughs) just wait for the future. But it but the thing is. I think this means if they ever have James Earl, if they ever have Darth Vader or the Emperor show up anywhere again, they just need somebody who can type really well. And I, you know, how many samples of that guy's voice do they have? Yeah. yeah. So hmm, interesting times to live in, man. Interesting mm-hmm. times. So, okay. Well, you know, that's our, uh, that's our recap of rebels. Uh, you know, Mike, if anybody wants to reach out to you and, uh, take up the mantle and give me a rest from beating you over the head about your opinion about the clone wars uh where can they reach you online uh well 
you can find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K and uh, keep an eye out on there in the next uh, week or so. And uh, you might be able to find me somewhere else, too. Ooh, mysterious. Like yeah. Ezra in hyperspace. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, you can find me out there. I am Kessel Junkie. And uh, you can find me right here on the network co-hosting Aggressive Negotiations um, with Matthew Rushing. So with that, we thank you for joining us. And uh, Ahsoka lives. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.